Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast is Khalil Wanda. And I'm Agar. Pick up to the Nice Up Radio listeners every time. And shout out to everybody listening to us on every single podcast platform on the planet. This week, we're going to talk about some current events in Dancehall. We've had a lot of good content coming out in terms of streaming, stuff that's available for you guys to check out online during quarantine. And then there's a lot of new music as well. We definitely have some things to say about some of the new music. In addition, there's been some controversial statements made by some popular artists that we would love to respond to in terms of what's being hotly debated in the dance hall and reggae world. We definitely have takes on all of that. Yeah, man. So what we wanted to talk about today, first of all, I'll start off by reading the statement. This was a statement that was posted by Chronix on his Instagram stories and was screenshotted by someone who shared it. And the statement went viral. Quote, Sizzla Kalanji is, is the greatest artist of our generation, of our generation. as far as the as evolution as of evolution Jamaican of music, music is concerned. Music is concerned. Absolutely, Absolutely no other artists no other have delivered on his level vocally and creatively. There can only be, can only be a, versus a versus with Sizzla, with Sizzla for love and full enjoyment, but not to prove not who to has prove the wickedest catalog. He could clash Taurus and Romaine Virgo, Virgo together and send them home, and, send them home. and then clash and then Honorable clash King Shango the same night, and then clash Buju the day after and send home everybody. End quote. The views of Chronics. What are your thoughts? First of all, I read that. I didn't really pay it any mind. You know, I it kind of caught me off guard and then i saw it you know in a few different forums and people reposting it uh, i saw the the debates and this is the first time like <laughs> like i'm hearing somebody read it back to me and some for some reason it has more of a powerful impact when somebody reads it to you my first thought right now is like yo dude must have had some really good meds you know what i'm saying <laughs> cuz yeah. yo no 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 disrespect to chronics but that's a very 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 strong statement right and you know ever since this came out i thought about what my take on it was because it caught like i said it caught me off guard which i'm sure it caught a lot of people off guard for debate purposes i'm going to segment dance hall and reggae right now okay we're not i'm not going to give you a definition i think you, whatever definition you have of dance hall yeah it, it'll fit into this okay and whatever definition you have of anything outside of dancehall that's reggae, it'll fit into this. When it comes to dancehall artists, definitely Sizzler is in my top 10. He wasn't in your top five Sing Jays. So Sizzler was mentioned. He was in my top five Sing Jays. For me, I wasn't even probably wasn't even thinking of Sizzler at that point. But I think I, I did respect your choice. Here's, here's the thing with Sizzler. He's in my top 10 dancehall artists. Let's use Chronic's term of this generation. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? That's a whole nother show. But what I'm saying is like he's a, one of the top artists within the past uh, two to three decades. You know, let's say three decades because he came out in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Sizzler came out powerfully, impactfully. I was very impressed by Sizzler, especially some of his content. The music that he was making was, was unique at the time. The intensity was, was unique. The amount of music that was coming out at the time was second to none. Like, he was having album after album. There were compilations of pre-release Sizzlers. Like, basically, sounds were coming out with Sizzler mixes. Yeah. I saw Sizzler pre-released um, songs being used in clashes mm -hmm. because that's how exclusive it was. And the amount of tunes that he had, people were literally using Sizzler pre-release tunes as like dubs. Right. And this is in the 90s. So no question about his impact back then. Even leading into this millennium, the 2000s, at the beginning, you know, Sizzler was still, in my opinion, definitely on the radar, definitely making an impact, you know, especially, you know, with, at the time, Luciano. We were big on like artists like Ja Mason and Ja Cure. And you know what I'm saying? Like he was definitely still leading the pack. Mm -hmm. In the past decade or so, Sizzler fell off my radar. He lost impact in my purview. The list of artists that 
Chronics had mentioned, Taurus Riley. Taurus Riley and Romain, Romain Virgo at the Romain same time. <laughs> okay, without doubt. Uh, I'm not even going to debate that. You know what I'm saying? If it comes to catalog alone. Nobody would argue that. Correct. Capleton, I've been a Capleton fan since the late 80s. Before he turned Rasta, I remember hearing Capleton Gold. And at the time, like that was my first real introduction to Capleton. I was a kid. Every single song on there. I wish I still had that album. Every single ha- uh, song on that compilation was a forward. Capleton, throughout the years, has never stopped. He's the, one of the most consistent artists of all time in terms of reggae music and dancehall. Buju, I'm not even going to that. I'll let you go into the Buju part of that. But here's the thing. In order for me to have the energy that Chronic stated about Sizzla, Sizzla would have to be on the same thing he was doing back in the 90s and the early 2000s right now. No doubt about it. People of that, artists of that generation, they've slowed down a little bit in terms of popularity, not in terms of making music. But the popularity has waned because, I mean, music is a young man's game. You know what I'm saying? We're not hearing as much Capleton tunes. We're not hearing even as much Luciano tunes or artists of that generation. Who we are hearing is, we are, we are still hearing Buju. And the only reason we weren't is because he was in jail. <laughs> and when it comes to performance, so let's put it even to, into more perspective here, because what you didn't mention is the reason why Chronix made this statement, right? And I know I'm, I'm, I'm being long here, but, you know, it's first time in a while we've had a, a show to ourselves. So the reason why Chronix was making this statement is because he was watching Sizzla at the Sumfest, what was the, the, the subtitle? A Taste of Sumfest. A Taste Sumfest. of Sumfest, right? So for those of you who didn't yeah. get to check it out, you guys should check it out. Notably, Buju made his you know appearance at Sumfest last year to much adulation. Sumfest, to me, right now, is the biggest festival for reggae music in Jamaica and in this area of the world. So he was watching Sizzla on Sumfest. Sizzla's performance was interesting to me because the only song that he kind of sang all the way through was the first song. That first song, great. And there's no question that the songs he sang in his catalog, those are big songs. Those are from almost three decades ago now. There are a lot of things in his performance. And look, I'm not trying to beat down Sizzler. I'm just trying to, I guess, debate this assertion by Chronics. There's a lot of breaks in the songs where if there was a crowd, it would make sense. But there wasn't a crowd. There wasn't a hype man. Like I'm, I'm left to like fill in the blanks with lyrics. Suppose you have a new fan or, or somebody who's new to the audience trying to get to know your music. And basically every three lines, you're just muting yourself. So in terms of performance, King Shango, a.k.a. Capleton, I don't know if anybody's ever seen a Capleton show, but he's jumping five, six feet in the air the whole time. Like, no, like, energy. I know they call Ellie the energy god, but, yo, Capleton is really, really the energy god. I, I guess I'll just restate a point. In order for Sizzler to be like that in my book, with the level of energy that Chronix put into it, he would have to be still on the level that he was from the 90s to the early 2000s right now. And I don't see that. I don't even see the songs in his catalog. No songs that he sang in that performance was from this decade, I don't think. Yeah, that's correct. Nothing past the early 2000s. So you just jumped into the Sumfest. My initial response to Chronix's statement, my initial response was literally the first thing you said. Like, yo, Chronix has been smoking some really good, really, really hard <laughs> since you like yo you know what i'm saying like what am i to talk about right now bro like seriously <laughs> like yo give me some of what he's smoking yeah and i and i spoke with you about it i spoke with a couple of brethren and brethren about it you know what i'm saying just to make sure that i wasn't tripping you know yeah. what i'm saying make sure i wasn't like the only one that <laughs> was just like yo think you gotta re- crazy. You had to recalibrate but, yourself uh, <laughs> yeah and you know i saw a lot of the the threads and these different forums where, you know, I actually saw a lot of people agreeing with, with him and putting Sizzla up there. Now, I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to come back to my reaction to Chronix's statement after a few days of processing everything. 
In terms of Sumfest, Sizzla was the surprise guest artist. As I mentioned, he's one of my top five Singjays. So is Capleton, so is Buju. The three of them are in there, you understand, mm-hmm. for me. So it would be in the order of Buju, Capleton, Sizzla. To me, like, if there was a versus, that would be the ranking, and that's who I'd expect to win if the three were matched up, okay? Mm-hmm. Sizzla's performance now. I'm a Sizzla fan from when Sizzla first bus, mid-90s. At that time, I was a fan of Kilimanjaro Disco. Everybody knows Ricky Trupa was on Kilimanjaro at the time, and he was the sound. That was the selector that put Sizzla on the road. Hardcore fans, dubplate fans, Soundclash fans, you know that Jaro would play like 30 and up piece of Sizzla in a night, whether it's juggling or Clash. You know, they were able to just play like albums and albums of Sizzla on dubplate. I was indoctrinated into that whole thing, and at the time, I was just a big fan of the Rebel Youth that you mentioned. Luciano, Mikey General, Jacquio, John Mason, Sizzla, Anthony B. Those were the people that I was listening to hard. And Sizzla was the leader. Sizzla just happened to be the leader. And at the time, I was growing out my hair. You know, you see this shiny bald head right now. No, back then, I was ready to just rest up and put on the covenant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's because of just following Sizzla. I went to Sizzler's shows when he came to Atlanta on tour. And I was in the front row, eyes gaping, mouth open, jaws dropped, goosebumps, hair standing on end, like totally swept away because I listened to all this man's music. But then I saw him perform. He sounded better than the records. It was like better than listening to the records. In real life, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where the Sizzler performance level was. It was an out-of-body experience, completely out of this world. He was an instrument, channeling Selassie or God or whoever at the time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just an instrument of the most high when he performed. Fast forward a few years to about 99, when Sizzler started to put out a lot of dancehall records. And a lot of records with vulgar language. And, you know, talking about women's body parts and things like that overtly and talking about sexual situations and stuff like that overtly in his lyrics, which he hadn't done in the previous three to four years of his career. His catalog took a turn and it took a change at that point. And I'm not the only one at that point in time that kind of took a few steps back from Sizzla at that point in time. I'm not saying that an artist can't express themselves. And do what you feel you need to do and make the music that you want to make. But just know that it may be a flaw of human nature, but people look at you and they remember the first thing that they come to know from you in terms of your music. If you're an actor, you do movies. If you come out hitting hard with comedies, people think of you as that funny person. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then you drop that action movie or the dramatic role. And a lot of people are going to be like, "Eh, I don't know, you know? So that's kind of how it happened with my Sizzla fandom yeah. experience. That's your experience. And I, I just want to say real quick that even when he made that switch, for me, I wasn't even judging that switch. Me personally, I was judging the quality of the music. So that's why I even include the early 2000s because, you know, even with the vulgar stuff, to me, he still had hits. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just wanted to point that yeah, out, that yeah. difference with me, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. and So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, 
I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. You know, at the time, I was playing all those songs. Don't get me wrong. Highlander's song, you know, we played out multiple times a week in clubs and parties. So we, you know, that was the hot music. We were playing it. You know, there was no censorship, no censorship at that time. We were like the mainstream choice for selectors in the Atlanta market at that time. So don't get me wrong. The thing that's really, to me, been the distinctive thing is his performances. There were those years, which I call the, I, I just can't refer to it other than any other way other than fire time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember fire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is when we used to have Frisco Kid. He changed his name to Ancient Monarchy. He had that. Let me see that strong like a lion. We're not going to go as Zion. And he was just like Ancient Monarchy. It was just Blaze Fire Blaze. Sizzler had karate. T.O.K. had a fire, had like a couple songs talking about fire after burn. And Capleton had like about 10 or 15 songs that was all about Blaze Fire Blaze. Elephant Man had Blaze It Up. From the Mandem Raise It Up. Everybody was singing about fire, fire, fire. And Sizzler was no different. He had a lot of fires. Sizzler and Capleton. Fire, fire, fire time, right? So at that time, it was just all about hype. Everybody had tunes on them fast rhythms and you go to a show a jumping up and up and jump 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 and fire fire and wheel and pull up and you know you're not getting the song anymore like they're not gonna sing the whole song they're just gonna (laughs) get to the point of the you know the hype of the forward and then pretty much go on to the next song and it's just all about that riding that energy wave you know what i'm saying which is yo if you want to get sweaty and jump all night and do the aerobics that's fine that's cool that's great maybe this is when i started to get old (laughs) but what i noticed was that sizzler concerts were no longer where he was coming out and performing every single word every single lyric like the record or better and he no longer was completing the verses he was no longer completing the choruses he was no longer completing the songs it was way different it was that dance hall thing like, yo, dash, dash with that, next tune, dash with that, next tune. And he would do the, you know, it sounded like a damn Muppet. It's like, yo, what are you saying, bro? So fast forward to Sumfest 2020 yeah. <laughs> on the internet. The performance that he gave was as if he was on stage in front of thousands of hardcore Jamaican dance hall lovers that know every lyric and every song. He was the only artist of the Sumfest two-night Taste of Sumfest from this year that performed that way. If you go back and you watch, everybody else, to the best of their ability, gave a performance closer to like a, a yeah, studio more intimate performance. setting. Mm, yeah. Because it was a studio and it was broadcasting on the internet to the world. So I think that that's just... That's the way he chose to do it. That's fine. Like, I understand what it is. But personally, maybe because of the position, the seat that I'm sitting in right now, you who are listening, you love reggae music. You may never have been in some of the type of dance hall environments that I've, you know, Agard have been in mm-hmm. for all these years. There's a time and a place. What I think is the perfect model, the perfect mold is the way 
that Chronix performed on Jimmy Fallon, the way that Buju performed on Trevor Noah's show, because it's going out to a much wider audience across the globe who has internet. And it's being recorded to be replayed over and over as such. So people might not know who you are, but they may be checking it out. They may be checking you out for the first time. So if you're not going to sing all the words of your song, I think you're not doing a good job. And that's basically why I yeah. think that SZA did, you know, one of the worst performances of the whole two-day um, and, production. And that's I just know for a fact, I, I haven't seen the numbers, but I know for a fact that this would have generated millions of impressions. I followed one of the organizers and, you know, he had mentioned the demand. Actually, the first night of Sumfest, minutes before it was scheduled to start, some of the servers actually went down because of the demand and they had to rush to actually get them back online and get more bandwidth and those things. So I know for a fact that across the world, it's a big event. Not only that, I want to say... Oh, yeah. So I didn't watch it live. I was doing other things. I kind of was like checking in. I got to see a few different performances live. But like I went back on YouTube and I watched some of the performances. I watched Sizzler's performance. Shensia's performance I watched. I had a chance to watch Agent Sasko, Assassin's performance. And I actually think that his command of that room was amazing. When you think of Assassin, you think of a solid artist, obviously, but the songs that he did were relevant to the times, you know what I'm saying? Because he's the type of artist that has a balanced catalog. The songs that he decided to begin with were things having to do with God. I remember in between songs and even before and after or during songs, he was addressing the audience. He was aware of where it was being broadcast to. He was aware enough to give thanks to everybody in the production. He was actually sort of like a master of ceremonies in his own set. Every single word came through, came through clear. And anybody who saw that performance, if you weren't a big fan of Assassin, the energy, quote unquote, wasn't as high as some of the other performances. But at the same time, it was clear, it was relevant. Look, this is not a teardown Sizzler episode, but at the same time, there's reasons why we wouldn't hold the same sentiments that Chronix expressed in that post. I'm telling you, Chronix, he wouldn't perform like that. Chronix wouldn't do that. So yeah, maybe he was feeling nostalgic. That's what it is. Let's 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 give him a bligh. But that was a little extreme. Like I I can understand. No, I have yeah. another. I got another the theory. Something that just came to me. Let's move on. So we'll come back to Sumfest. Let's let's stay on Chronix for right now. Chronix mm -hmm. second time performing on Jimmy Fallon late night show in July. So kudos on that. That's super big. I wasn't even expecting that. I just saw it posted like, hey, you know, like a couple of days prior. So he performed on some type of set in Jamaica as like an outdoor location. I think it might have been the same set location that he actually shot the video at, actually. Could be. The video that Agar is referring to is Cool as the Breeze. The latest single from Chronix, Cool as the Breeze, which is off of his upcoming album called Della Move. So this is the third single being released now. So I don't know what date the album is going to drop, but it's going to be a 2020 release from what we know. So I listened to the song like the first time on Jimmy Fallon's mm -hmm. show. And I was not feeling it personally. After going back and listening to the actual song, it wasn't as bad as okay. I thought it was seeing him do it live. So the rhythm is a different kind of beat. The subject of the song, it's a different type of song from Chronix. I think most Chronix fans would agree to that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do think that right now, it doesn't fit into my reggae reform <laughs> okay. movement. It's coming from one of the reggae revival leaders, but it's not a revolutionary song. It's not a song for as goes into the soundtrack for the revolution. Based off of my expectations in regards to that is a bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. Okay. That said, when I really think about it, I'm like, hmm, maybe, just maybe. Maybe this is why Bigged Up Sizzla so hard. Like, maybe he's like, you know what? 
Sizzler came out saying black woman and child and holding firm and crazy jaw. But then he started saying pum 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 pum. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so maybe, machine, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I can do that too. Maybe I can be the Rasta man that can pivot, just free up a little bit with my subject matter and my rhythm selection of my songs, you know? So maybe if he highlights and bigs up Sizzler, maybe people will understand that, you know, this is what he's trying to do with his catalog as well right now in 2020 in the midst of the revolution. Okay. I can see that. And you know what? I, I, I have a slightly way of a different way of seeing it. Now that you mention it, it's not necessarily that he's like, maybe I can do that, but maybe it's always resonated with him because that's his philosophy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're, he's always been a dance right, lover. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, that's not like a stretch and it's not like you know it's not even that even that's a bad thing it's just like an observation well for me it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing for you it might be it's not a bad thing it's really not a bad yeah. thing again my my reaction is yeah, based yeah, off yeah, my expectation definitely. that's what right. that is it's not a bad thing it's just that it's not what right. i expected i'm gonna get into the song how I feel about it, and I guess this will kind of pivot into a bigger conversation. So, you heard the song before I heard the song. I saw a snippet on IG, which, you know, this is becoming a theme in this show. Like, I see a snippet on IG, and I forget about it, and then you actually go and listen to the stuff. So, you said you you heard the the Fallon performance, or you saw the Fallon performance, then you mm-hmm. checked out the actual single. So, you had done that before I mm-hmm. even you know, pre the whole thing. So I was actually expecting like the way how like you, you expressed the sentiments that you just shared just now with me. So I expected that, you know, sometimes, especially musically, a lot of times you and I are in agreement with a lot of things. I see it from a different perspective sometimes, you know, artistically or technically, but for the most part, we have similar tastes. So I was actually expecting something far worse. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think it was just the emotions of it, right? So I checked it out. I actually checked out the single first and I was like, okay, so to me, it's an EDM hip hop type of beat. I'm just looking at the drum pattern and some of the sounds in the music, right? So already then, I'm not even considering this like, yes, he's a Jamaican artist, but I'm not considering it reggae or dancehall. It's just you know, it's a new song. And I think, I think that's, that has to do with some of what's going on here. In my opinion, it's like we have these expectations of these artists when these artists like Chronix and Coffee, they admittedly grew up listening to hip hop and, you know, sound system and stuff like that. So I listened to the song. The, the track to me is a good track. It's not a rhythm though. And then when you listen to his flow on it, it's more of a rapping yep. style, like a Jamaican rap style and then the content of it really it's like sort of just enjoying life no problems cool like a breeze and you know what i mean so it can seem contrasting to the times right and i think that's that's part of your point to where it's like you could look at it two different ways some people could look at it and say okay i'm disappointed that these quote-unquote artists of the reggae revival are not stepping up and doing this and talking about that, which for a time, that was kind of my opinion in a sense. And then after a few different conversations, you know, we just posted two different interviews, one with Walshie, one with Jillionaire, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say that they helped me to reframe my, my, my way of thinking of it, but it's kind of like, are we putting too much on these artists? in terms of expectations. I mean, that's a reasonable question. The reason why I say it's going to be a broader conversation is because at the same time, like in the past few days, I've been taking in stuff from Sumfest. I've been taking in a new Protégé tune that's out, one of Savannah's tunes that was out a couple of weeks ago, and then looking at her snippets for her new song, Mango, that's coming out, which is going to be on her project, her first project with RCA, which Protégé's tune also came out in RCA. A lot of this production, I'm saying stuff like EDM, hip-hop, Afro-soul, neo-soul. Literally, Billie Eilish just shared a new song of hers that's coming out on her platform, on her IG. 
And literally, it sounds very similar to some of the stuff coming out from Chronix, Protégé, Savannah. You know what I'm saying? Lila's is a little bit more reggae, but I'm wondering if these artists are just like, yeah, I, I happen to be from Jamaica, but I just want to be an artist. And partially why I'm saying that is because of the statement that Chronix came out with just yesterday, talking about education and knowledge of self and all these things. I think these are people who are trying to find their voice. Yeah. That's a long roundabout way of saying, I like the tune musically. If I leave out my expectations, the way how I judge a song is would I play this for people in a party? And that's where I go to. And all of those songs that I mentioned, I would. So where, which segment is this Chronics going in, in your set or in your night? Yeah, I mean it's it's early, you early know what I'm like yo, my but not even that. I'm just so like where would where would where you I'm like at? I'm just you know yeah, I'm about <laughs> to tell I'm about to tell you right now cuz like I was about to send you the Billie Eilish track on Instagram and then send you the Chronic track and like have you compare them. Like it's slightly different but yo, those would be in the same segment. Me like like for example, we had Walsh on. Walsh was talking about daytime stuff and like we're at an age where you know certain energy is different during the day. I'll definitely play this during a daytime event. You know what I'm saying? This would be like the perfect type of song. Like if you go to something like Everyday Afrique, you know, Everyday People, right? They have this Everyday Afrique event before outside was locked down and it's all afro inspired music afro pop afro beat all it you know what i'm saying everything african right mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that this would be in an african event but i'm saying it goes along that yeah, vibe yeah. it's like you outside you you sipping on something the sun is out you know what i'm saying you you mingling with people like this is this is the type of stuff like when there was bet soul this would be included in BET Soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Okay. That, that's just where my mind went with it. it I, I think when we just think about it as, in a dance hall reggae context, yeah, I mean, if that's all you want to play in your parties, like, yes, th there's probably some of the more mature sounds that can fill the music around it with more open format stuff, they'll be able to do it. But a lot of, a lot of sounds won't. I hear you, man. I think because of the way the music is now, it could definitely fit into certain certain segments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And taking a couple steps back from my very personal initial reaction, which was based off my expectation of what I want to hear from Sizzla and his peers right now. That aside, you know, there's nothing wrong with this music. It goes well with, like you said, all the tropical house, you know, whatever type stuff that's out now that's been going on. We've been talking about how when the Americans or the British or the Canadians put out these songs, it goes to the top of Billboard, like the Billboard Billboard, not Reggae Billboard. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's not being categorized as Reggae. But now if Chronix or Coffee or Savannah do the same song, it has to go in only the... Re you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's not getting yeah. spun on all them stations. All these DJs around the world aren't spinning it. Why? Like... Why is it, you know, so like limiting, so in a box? So from that point of view, do what you want to do, Cron, Cron Dada, you know what I'm saying? Do what you want to do. I get it. He's still singing about Jamaica. If you listen to the lyrics of the song, he's singing about dance hall. And if you watch the video, it's totally Jamaica, Jamaican setting, nothing but African descendants of slaves in hot jamaica and so but we created all that music anyway exactly i'm not fighting that to your point though on the on the flip side of that i think i could help out with the framing of this and why sometimes it seems disappointing when i first started with with you know doing this show with you when i signed on i came on like a lot of times the first couple of episodes or for the first season i mentioned balance a lot that's my governing theory about everything in the world you know what i'm saying from science all the way to emotions like there has to be balance and i think what's happening and the disappointment i get look i'm not necessarily looking to the reggae revival youths that may have been like the default setting for me last year or up to this year or whatever but there is a sense of something is missing and somebody needs to fill that void that gap now we get tagged with this you know we're, we're buju fanatics right? 
Now, I don't know if anybody's saying that, but there's... Yeah, people are saying that. I, I yeah, see the yeah, debate they're saying, online. They're saying this, I, I've right. gotten messages yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying that, yo, about the bias and this and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, that, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But here's the thing, though. Like, the reason why we lift it up so much is because here's an artist who has the, the voice, the platform, and he's using it to, to send forth certain messages. Would I love for it to be a group of artists on that level or near that level doing that? Of course. I already know at this point, I'm not going to expect Shaggy or Sean Paul to do that. They're on that level, but I don't expect them to do it. And there's some artists that, quote unquote, are on a tier below Buju that are doing that, but they don't have the voice. And I think the fact that you say reggae revival, that, that term in itself leads you to a certain place. And we know how they started. They started with, you know, things like Kingston Dub Club. You know what I'm saying? When there were, it was like there were events with just dub music and they were also performing live and they were paying mm-hmm. homage to old school, old style reggae music and mixing it in with newer stuff, you know, things that Rory was producing, new dub music, you know. So forgive us for thinking that that was going to continue. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's the only way I could put it because like yeah, this isn't yeah. this isn't coming out of nowhere. So, I want to yeah. be clear about this stuff. When we say stuff on this show, this podcast, it's not because it's our opinion and and that's what's important. We say stuff on this podcast because you know, we're following these things. You know what I'm saying? You're following things more closely than me on some things, and I'm following things more closely than you. But they come from a place of being informed about what came before. You know, even with this reggae revival thing, like you're the one, Khalil, who put me onto it. You're like, yo, you gotta listen to this Kingston Dub Club or whatever it was at the time to where it's like, yo, there's this Ute Chronics, Kiznandi and all these, you know, protege and all these people. And you had sound system culture mixed in with the new youths who were pushing a lot of this foundation inspired stuff so when we go and we say okay we're disappointed with the reggae revival thing okay fine now it's becoming more clear that their art form which is okay is more important than them making bold overt statements about the state of the world Okay, we're not, I'm not judging them for being like, of course they're woke. Of course they understand the struggle. There's no doubt about it. They see it. But the reason why we are saying, okay, we expected this from you is because when you first came out and you were building it up, that's what we saw from you. But I guess, you know, people are allowed to grow. We're allowed to grow. I just think that there is a need for somebody more than Buju. And there probably is, there are people out there that are doing it, but they're not getting the the strength, as they would say. They're not getting the platforms. I agree 100% with with what you just said. And, you know, real quick, big up to The Fix, JA, the podcast run by young people, and they just did their 100th episode. They implemented a segment where they called the Bust the Utes segment. And if you pay attention to what they're doing, they're highlighting like unknowns and up and coming and you know some of the young artists you know what i'm saying that 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 they're featuring that wouldn't nobody else is giving them any airtime basically is what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah i think that that's very commendable and um that's very important work you know that's one of that's one of the things that i'm taking on right now yeah man so producers artists publicists reach out to us info at reggaelover.com go to reggaelover.com Regular Lover Podcast at Gmail. If we're not on your list, then we probably should have been on your list. You yeah, know, man. hit us up. Yeah, yeah man. So. I like what you said about the RCA stuff. We highlighted the major label love that Protege and his crew is getting. You know, we're anticipating all the releases coming from them. Based off of just this analysis alone, we see that we have to approach that, um, you know, music with an open mind. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but at the same time, if you are looking for that hardcore, you know, very rootsy stuff, don't worry. It's out it's there. It's being done. Yeah. Yeah, it's being produced. You may be in that 35 and older category and you're just in love with foundation and, and roots reggae. 
Yeah. And the consciousness. So, you know, we're going to work on continuing to focus on that regardless of who it's coming from. Yeah. Just not to sound like a broken record, but you know what I'm saying? I just want to make sure that you, you realize that that's what it is. Yeah. And just to be 100% clear, let me, I, I'll say it this way. Once I reframe my, my, the way of thinking about it, like to me, it's actually adding the balance that I always want. It's just, I didn't realize, I didn't realize the direction. Cause now when you see indignation collective, right. And you see them coming out with a bunch of stuff. Now I see the vision, not to say that they're not going to be doing the other stuff, but it's like, maybe that's the foot in the door. And I'm not going to like, some people gravitate to words like sell out and this, that, and the other. But I think anybody who's a real creative understands. And I always go back to the example of Bob Marley, right? Right. Bob can be an example in a million different ways for a lot of this music stuff. Like a lot of stuff he recorded, you know, at Tough Gong, Chris Blackwell went and made him redo all of those songs. And they experimented with a lot of different things. And, you know, I'm saying a lot of that is what the world knows today. So... I'm not going to criticize an artist for being an artist. That's where we're coming from. Like people of our age, like you stayed in your lane. There's a lot of that in this world. You know, there's a lot of like you started here and you stay here. And some of those reggae okay. artists stayed there for 40 years. You know what okay. I mean? And made the same thing over and over again. And then you have like <laughs> a Marcia Griffiths who does the like, electric slide. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. So... I just want to say for me, like I'll admit it when I wouldn't say I was wrong, but I would say that my view was narrow, you know what I'm saying? And now I think I like what you're saying because we end up at the place we need to be, right? Where it's like, we're complaining. Well, I'm complaining. I can't speak for you that there's not enough this, that, and the other out there when it's like, okay, we have a platform. And if there's an artist that is doing what it is that we feel needs to be out there in the world. You know what I'm saying? We need to push that. Like, that's the criticism I have of a lot of people out there. Like, I, I fell into that to where it's like, I'm complaining. This is not here. Okay, well, we're at a certain level right now to where it's like we can go in and feature or at least lead people to, to, to people of that, you know, who are, who are doing that. So I just wanted to make that clear. I will be playing protege and chronics and Leela and savannah and all these people mortimer you know what i mean a bunch of different artists that are doing music they may be jamaicans but they're not necessarily going to be doing 100 percent reggae music call it 100 percent reggae music man reggae is a big umbrella you're right okay i'll rephrase that they're not going to be doing necessarily be doing activist music <laughs> or revolutionary music you know what i mean the thing that I've been balling for since we started this talk show has been to have that variety that really represents life. You understand? Mm -hmm. So we know like, yo, if you're in therapy because of you had like certain trauma in your life, even your therapist is going to be like, yo, you can't work on healing all the time. You got to do something else. You got to break it up. Add some variety in there because it's not good. <laughs> right. Too much of any one thing is not good. If you're just watching the news all day, whether it's Democracy Now or CNN or Fox, whatever end of the spectrum you're on, yo, that's too much. You need to break it up <laughs> yeah. and, you know what I'm saying, do something else. So, likewise, you know... Music coming out of Jamaica can't be, yo, bust him throat and shot him two time and all of that <laughs> all day. It can't or, be. Or everybody, everybody rich. Everybody rich. <laughs> yeah, it can't be any one thing, man. It's got to be everything. So I, I like what's going on right now. At the same time, we can't forget we got a revolution going on, man. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've bigged up. You know, the Anthony B, the Black and the Proud, and the Richie Spice, crazy dope album. I'm saying we talked about the bougie. These are the things that we've talked about this season so far. And there's a lot of music out there. So let's segue into our Tastemaker segment for this week. The Tastemaker segment this week brought to you by 
reggaelover.com want you to just log on to reggaelover.com where you can find show notes and transcriptions of all the latest shows from season six you can find the hottest shows from season five and you can link to the archives of all the episodes of the podcast including the mixes and find out more information about myself and my co-host agard as well while you're there just visit the merch page you know buy some merch that's reggaelover.com hit up reggaelover.com join the mailing list while you're there feel free to share the link of course share the link share the link share the link yep the tastemaker for this week a new single and video also some sound system audio cool in terms of the new music Jada Kingdom has a new song entitled Win. And this is the first time that I've brought up Jada Kingdom in the Tastemaker segment. Yeah, man. Welcome on board. <laughs> Please check out the video for Win by Jada. Very different subject matter than what she's known for. Yeah, I mean, a lot of her singles have been sexual in nature. I mean, it's not a secret. This one is definitely on a different, I would say, uplifting vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's positive music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a standout song for her. And even the um, video is a very stripped down video, almost literally, but not in that way. It shows like, you know, the humble roots that she came from. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. And I you know, I like that right now. Right now, you're talking like Jamaican music when you're really showing off the countryside, you're showing off. That's that one of a kind setting prior to covid People fly from all over the world on an annual basis just to get to this place. is a very, very special place. So big up to the artists that are really just using that backdrop and that setting of the natural beauty of Jamaica in their work right now. And that's what this, this video is really all about for me. Um, yeah, in addition man. to the positive messages coming through from Jada King, Ms. Call Win. You know, this is very re- relevant. It's also another one-word uh, title, Blessed. The video by Buju. I don't know if you mentioned it, the actual video in the show prior, but we actually did you know, a show where we reviewed Buju's new album, Upside Down 2020. And as you know, if you listen to that show, you know, Blessed is my favorite track on the album. He came out with a video for the track, and it's a very, very, very powerful video. I like it a lot. It fits with the track very well. You know what I'm saying? It shows in the beginning Buju reasoning with some elders in a shop somewhere. It has multiple kind of like storylines. It has clips from Black Lives Matter, has some some dancing in it, some choreography. It has another storyline with a with a kid. It's like three or four different stories in one video to show the different aspects of his intentions for the song. I like how it's done. And it's very powerful, especially when that, that third bass comes in. <laughs> yeah, man. Also while we're talking about Buju, he did win the festival competition. We talked about it last week that he was an entrant in that uh, competition and he's the champion receiving votes from local and abroad as the 2020 Jamaica festival competition winner for the single. I am a Jamaican. Yeah, man. So Buju doing big things, bro. I'm so glad Buju never dropped the catch because if we were talking about <laughs> Being disappointed with Buja right now, in addition to the other disappointments we mentioned earlier, that would be, it would just be sad. Okay, so, um, <laughs> moving on, in the tastemaker this week, I checked out some audio from Poison Dart Sound, Florida's number one year-to-year sound, based in Tampa, Kirky C, Fada Scat, Redman, and the whole crew new shooter on the sound by the name of Mikey B. They have some new audio that's out online. You can find it at Heckler's SoundCloud, and that's called Soundman Linkup. Now, this Soundman Linkup is about two hours and 55 minutes, I believe, of audio. Mm. Pure dub plates. Poison. Now, if you follow Kirky C on, in, on social media, he's been known to show off Poisoned Arts sound, you know, like 16 scoops, 8 top end. They got a yeah. massive sound system down there in Florida, and their dub box is massive. And this audio shows that off. The entire audio is just strictly Poisoned Art, strictly dub plates. Basically, they start playing, 
and sound men and sound women were linking up on the live mm. and he's shouting out you know the different sounds that came into the virtual dance to check out poison dart you understand yeah, man. yo i'd love to so, see poison dart lp and and uh downbeat just just play forget clash just play together you know what i mean yeah i wouldn't yo i would like to see lp and poison dart without downbeat yeah that too but yeah poison dart you know he yo this is my observation from listening it's been a long time since i listened to poison dart play you know especially with kirky c on the sound you know what i'm saying and because we talked about that beating they got from eddie's but that wasn't kirky c on the sound that time um, yeah that was 2019 flash ironically that was soji on poison dart who now after getting defeated by Addies, is now on Addies. Right, right, right. <laughs> Big up King Addies. Can't beat him, join him. <laughs> For real. But yeah, man, so it's a long time since I took in the Kirky C, you know, in that mode. It reminded me of that tune for tune, that classic tune for tune between Kirky C and Ricky Trupa and Jaro mm-hmm. when Poison Art really flexed their box that, that night. Um, that's a classic tape from, what, 99 something or. I'd, no, 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 because Trooper left Jaro in 99, so that would have to have been earlier than that. Yeah, it was probably, you know, I'm I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to speculate, but I do remember the audio. I do remember it. Maybe 97 or something, 97, Yeah, I remember it being weird because it was just the tune for tune that came out. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then I realized why. Yeah. yeah, man. So, you know, they feature some D. Brown, some of the Sizzler. And I think I noticed about this, the way that they cut some of those singing tunes was a lot of those songs, I feel like Kirky was like, yo, yo, you got to sing it an octave higher for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, yo, 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 Freddie, yo, you can't sing it like that. Yo, 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 Sizzler, you got to go up an octave on the on your voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, energy. Luciano, yes, energy, but just it just makes it special. Yeah. It's just that different. You know you're not listening, even if it's on the same rhythm. Because a lot of the 90s songs, Poison Dart put them on the same original rhythm that they were voiced on in 45. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, the artist is singing it like like a different level. So it's like, yo. I noticed that. I even noticed that on um, on a couple of the Dennis Brown tunes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, he's singing it different than other sound. You know, everybody else can play certain songs, but it's not going to sound the same. Big up to Poison Dart for that. If you're a Sound System fan, Dubplate fan, that's an audio that you're going to want to bounce, for real. Mm-hmm. I did check out the Antigua, Stonewall, and uh, Cannabis. Cannabis. Yeah, it seemed very lively. Shout out to Stonewall, <laughs> who over the past few years has been cutting really well, you know what I'm saying, compared to before. You know, and cannabis to me has always been a solid sound as well. So Antigua, man, you know what I'm saying? Big up all the Antigua sounds. And of course, every week, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep on bigging this up. The team torment, you know what I'm saying? Locked and loaded. So yeah, um, outside of that, please, if you haven't checked out Sumfest, A Taste of Jamaica, give it a listen. It's again, the preeminent festival for the island of Jamaica right now. In terms of the production, it was 100% quality. Very good job. I heard that they had a very short amount of time to like put the pull the whole thing together. Obviously, it's not the same as the real live physical in-person Sumfest event, which I think last year was one of the biggest ever. But in the times of quarantine, it was definitely a great look. So there's two days worth of audio you can find online on youtube night one and night two definitely check that out yeah and i want to say in regards to that big up shensia because um she had lost her her mother a few weeks ago and she was able to perform perform very well you know i do follow shensia on 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 instagram and i want to commend her for the way that she's been dealing with this at least in the public sphere you know she's been showing her pain but she's also been showing that hey life goes on you know what I mean? And it's a balanced approach to it. So I appreciate her still giving her fans what she can. You know what I'm saying? Especially showing up and, and performing at some fest. 
you know, also, you know, I mentioned Team Torment, you know what I'm saying? You know, condolences to the King Feli crew, you know what I'm saying? They lost um, DJ Trouble. You know, it's been some uh, a few weeks now, but, you know, shout out to, you know, Tracks. you know, um, condolences for your loss. Shout out to everybody in the King Feli family and the Team Torment family. I want to say enough respect to Bunny Whaler. Big up to the whole Livingston family. And we send some prayers right now to the last surviving member of the Whalers who has been hospitalized for a few weeks now. And I've been hearing this thing that his wife has been missing, that they're looking for Bunny Whaler's wife, too. So, I mean, that's just a whole lot for um, for any family to deal with. Our thoughts and prayers uh, go out to the whole Whaler uh, Livingston family. Yeah, man. Jeez. Thanks for listening. That's another episode of Reggae Lover Podcast. Again, check out ReggaeLover.com. And there you can find all the links to all our social media. Send us a message. Join our email list. Shouts out to everybody on the mailing list right now. And go to the merchandise shop and share the link. Go. Share the link. Share the link. See that? You know, people talking about this versus thing, son. Yeah. Versus, you know, reggae artists. You know, we already touched on the Sizzler, Capleton, Buju thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, I don't think we talked about it on the show before. I think that that would be the best thing. Sizzler and Capleton and just because Buju say he's not doing it. The issue with the versus thing for reggae or dance hall is not necessarily the quality of the music or the quality of the performance. It's, um, for me, you know, Bounty and Beanie were major crossover people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just short, yeah. short of, you know, Shaggy and, 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 uh, Sean Paul. Sean Paul. Right? They transcend the genre. Correct. They transcend the country of Jamaica. Yeah. While Sizzla and Cableton, uh, you know, for us, are mega acts. Um, I don't know if there'll be mega acts for uh, for the world. Not only that, somebody brought up, <laughs> brought up a really relevant point in terms of lyrical content. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of bunning. <laughs> There's a lot of fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They burn up all the letters and then... Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they've been the... the <laughs> at least Sizzler has been the, the, you know, boycotted multiple occasions for certain things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Look, let's, it, it, That's let's just be real. side of it. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it shouldn't happen. Yeah. I'd love to see it happen. But, you know, can it happen? Probably not. Well, yo, I saw somebody else say that, which I agree. Like that, I think it still needs to happen. It may not be a versus platform situation, but um, if they would agree to doing something like that, yeah, somebody could do it. Yo, Major Hype could do it. Yeah, and hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully, Tim and and Swizz are not overly litigious. <laughs> yeah, yo, man. that's how it happens. You know, like. It's basically a clash format, and then they, they scoop it up, business it out, and then if anybody else does it in a similar way, you know, it might get taken to court, get a cease and desist, you know what I mean? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm just being real, man, you know? No, you're yeah. right. You're right about it, though. You're right about it. Yo, Jamaica, like we, like we fix up the business. Yeah, exactly. F- fix it up. Thanks for listening. That's another episode of Reggae Lover Podcast. Again, check out ReggaeLover.com. And there you can find all the links to all our social media. Send us a message. Join our email list. Shouts out to everybody on the mailing list right now. Go to the merchandise shop and share the link. Share the link. Share the link. Nice up radio. Big up. Until next week. Until next time. One love. Peace. Regular Lover Podcast was produced by Andres Agard and Aubrey Khalil Agard. Visit regulover.com for full show notes, archives, and more information. If you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at regulover.com. Follow us on Instagram at regulover podcast. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash regulover podcast. So let's take a break to talk about one of our 
great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm -hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole, film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley.